Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Hope you had a nice weekend. Good to be back here this Monday, wrapping up the first week of February into the full swing of things here for 2021. And it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure to be here. I want to start I want to start by revisiting something from last week really quickly. And this was something I had received um I I knew when when rush passed last week that I was going to get you know people people say what they want to say about rush. They think um that Rush Limbaugh was a racist, that Rush Limbaugh was all the things that, that people think about conservatives. Rush was that. He was a magnet uh, for that. And so, um, you know, I got comments about saying some of the things that I had said honoring Rush um, because the, the story would go basically, how can you honor someone who – um said this that or the other and and look i'm not going to say that there's never anything <laughs> rush said that i didn't think rush or sometimes it would have been thought man rush but that was that was rare and but you have to you have to understand in its totality what rush was was doing and most times there was an explanation for it most time there was an explanation. For example, in his early days, in his early days, um, I've never heard this. And that's another thing. I started listening in 1999. And so I didn't know everything that Rush had said or, you know, and you, there's not really, I don't know if there's audio archives. Maybe Rush has them somewhere. Um, but I don't know if there's audio archives from those earlier, earlier days. But I know, for example, they used to um, abort abort callers. I know Rush has talked about this, I think, in one of his books. See, I told you. I think it was in See, I Told You So, which is a great name of a book, by the way. Anyway, if a caller would call in and I don't know if Rush was trying to, you know, it was just time to get rid of the caller. I don't really know the, the details, but they would they would play the sound of a, of a vacuum cleaner of a vacuum and um, aboard a caller to, to the point was, wasn't to make light of the issue of abortion. The issue was to, the point was to, to demonstrate um, whatever you think of this. I'm just telling you the, the reasoning and the rationale was to say that this really is something that's happening every day is that there are, you know, he wouldn't, do it for dramatic effect to bring to light the evils of what is happening with 
with abortion. Again, I pause anytime I say this. If you you or anyone that you know has gone through a situation where they've had an abortion, this isn't about you. Uh, this isn't about heaping guilt upon that. This is God is is a forgiving God. So this is you know you you can. In fact, we used to have a group at our church, and we still may, for all I know, that the women would get together who have had abortions and, and help each other cope and to, to heal. But this is about from this moment forward. Let's let's prevent, let's stop these things from happening. Anyway, so so that of course got people upset for a lot of a lot of reasons. But there was a reason and a point to it. Now, there was there's one thing that I don't know that I knew about, um, and it's. Basically, I'm gonna I'm looking at an old newspaper clipping online here, an old newspaper clipping online that is from oh gee 19 doesn't have a date. I don't see the date on this guy. I'm gonna say it was um, the late 80s or early early 90s, and this was something I didn't know about until someone points this out. So when I say you know I'm honored and you know to have listened to Rush, and he's an instrumental impact on my program. Of course, someone finds it necessary, I guess, to find the most controversial thing that they can find and say, oh, so you're you – know, how disgusting of you to compare it with this. First of all, I didn't know this. Second of all, I don't like this. Thirdly, if you read what Rush says about it, Rush said that this was uh, one of the things that he regretted – um, regretted more than anything he'd done. Anyway, this is from a, a, a clip from a the Gazette, I think, in Iowa, and it's talking about what uh, Rush did. That was a he called. I think he called it his his AIDS update, and in his AIDS update. This was, again, back in the late 1980s. Um, He played certain songs such as Kiss Him Goodbye, I Know I'll Never Love This Way Again, and Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. So he played that. And, you know, basically um, it was interpreted as, and again, I've not heard it. I'm just reading this and hearing people, you know, explain this, but, um, this was, um, interpreted as very insensitive and it sounds like it was to people who were suffering, suffering from AIDS. So without getting into all this, Rush did say this, he says, the AIDS update is, as everything I do, politically oriented and based upon my reaction to what I consider to be extremism in the political mainstream by a group of people. He said that his target is not AIDS, but the militant homosexuals who blame church and government officials for the epidemic, a practice he finds outrageous. It's a behaviorally spread disease. This is Rush saying this. And they attempt to absolve themselves for any of any actions, uh, any responsibility for the actions they've taken then suggest people who disagree with them get banned from television like Andy Rooney. So the AIDS update is meant to offend them. Damn right, that's what he said. So, anyway, my point here is is saying this. Look, 
And I knew that this would come. I wanted to give this a couple of days to to kind of, I guess, take root or to, I don't know, just to be flushed out. But I want to point out a couple of other things. First of all, I want to point out, and this is this is going to upset if we have liberals listening here today. This is going to upset some individuals. But let me ask you this. Do you think that Martin Luther King Jr. did good things? On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I didn't take to Facebook as, or wherever, some social media platform, or to this microphone and say, um, for those of you who want to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s, um, you know, the, his birthday, is that uh, why are you celebrating that he had, as reported in sealed FBI audio tapes that had been released here in the past uh, year or two? Are you celebrating that he had affairs with approximately 40 women, allegedly, and watched while a friend raped a woman? This is what the, the audio sound bites seem to suggest. I'm looking here at a businessinsider.com article. FBI documents from the 1960s allege Martin Luther King Jr. had affairs with 40 women and stood by, a, uh, by as a friend raped a woman, a new report said. An article by the King biographer David Garrow set to be released on Thursday. This was back in uh, May of 2019, I believe. Um, in Standpoint Magazine, will detail the FBI memos. The London Time, London, London's The Times reported. Garrow said the memos say King engaged in, oh, this is a great way to start the morning, engaged in orgies, solicited prostitutes, and looked on and laughed as a pastor he knew raped a woman. Now, I don't want to go any more into any more of this. You get the idea. My point is, what is, and this is used most times against conservatives, and it's never used against those advancing liberal slash progressive causes at all. It's never used. You don't ever that you never have to give an account for any of these these details. You have to be pure as the wind driven snow to be a conservative. You cannot have any. Uh, anything, even something in the case of Rush Limbaugh that goes back to the, what is it, 30 years or so, 30 years, something he would later say he was one of his greatest regrets. He stopped doing it. He um, said he regretted doing it, and but still he's held accountable for that. I'm not condoning that. I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. Um, we also understand the value of being able to speak out to make points um, in a free society, sometimes even if it's offensive to people without saying I agree with every offensive thing that's said. I mean, this shouldn't be a complicated subject, but it is. It is because it's designed to be that way. It's designed to silence the other side. Meanwhile, they're willing to overlook overlook these reports on Martin Luther King Jr. And by the way, I'm not suggesting it should change anything. What Martin Luther King Jr. did to... Um, help this nation, help this nation move towards racial equality um, was a good thing. His his speeches are phenomenal. The guy had a gift from Almighty God to do this. It's incredible the things that um, the things that he was able to accomplish, the movement that he was able to lead, the way that he was able to articulate and and to you know, point out the problems going on in in this great nation. 
and that should not be over overlooked. It, it, likewise, these allegations, what the FBI audio tapes alleged to um, show here, is absolutely reprehensible. Is absolutely not consistent with his uh, with his faith. He was a, a pastor, right? He's he's a Christian. This is not consistent with that. And we have to be willing to say that no matter what the person's background, by the way, just reminds me of, and I don't want to get into this. I spent my weekend reading the 12 page report that was put together by Ravi Zacharias's attorneys. Uh, they did an investigation into the apparently secret life of Ravi Zacharias, the Christian apologist, the evangelist who did mighty things, helped people in their faith in incredible ways, and that should not be overlooked, but my oh my, what this report found, um, some of these things are truly reprehensible. Truly, I mean, literally using his position of power to allegedly um, kind of spiritually manipulate people to keep uh, – some some form of, of sexual abuse or illicit sexual relationships private and out of the public public domain and the amount of times that this appears to have happened is I mean it's it's mind boggling so it can happen with all types of people it can happen with all to- sorts of people by the way it's one of the reasons why we don't need a government that's all powerful because, again, as has been said in the past, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and it is, it is sad. But we ought to be able to distinguish between the good things a human being has done, the truth that they speak, without saying that they have to be perfect. There's been one person, folks, that's been able to fit that bill, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the only one that spoke truth and lived that truth without any uh, any exception, right? The rest of us stumble, sometimes in dramatic, almost unbelievable ways, as has been alleged here with, with Robbie Zacharias and ha- as has been alleged here with um, Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, Russia's is a much different situation. So his doesn't, I mean, th- these things are incredibly worse than what Rush was alleged to do. I still stand by my comments. Rush Limbaugh was a great man. Rush Limbaugh was an inspiration to me and to this program, and I suspect the vast majority of you as well. And I want to recognize that. I want to honor him. I want to continue the legacy that he started pretty much by opening up uh, talk radio to be this force of nature, and he is the cause for that. What I do today is uh, the direct result of the, the trail that he blazed in the 19, well, for all his whole life, but basically really took root in the late 1980s. So we ought to be able to do that. I don't understand. I do understand because they want to use it to silence people, to demonize people, to say, you can't listen to what this person said because they are uh, evil because of this action or this word and so forth. Meanwhile, you've got Bo Snurdly, uh, James, I forget his last name, his real name, but that's Russia's Official show observer, I think is what Rush called him, out there, who, by the way, is black, which no one seems to want to recognize. The New York Times acted like he wasn't even a real person. It's remarkable to see how this is done. But uh, James Golden, he's out there basically saying how great of a man Rush, not just a host, but a man, 
how great of a man. And they all the, the folks that work with him all have stories about about him and the way that he helped people and his desire to uh, to truly be a blessing to folks. So anyway, I just wanted to to cover that off the top. It's been something that's been on my mind for a couple of days um, since late last week. But anyway, timeout is in order. When we get back, I want to shift gears. I want to talk about Trump. Trump is speaking. <laughs> Trump is speaking at CPAC on Sunday. Yes, Trump is speaking at CPAC on Sunday. Um, so I have a feeling we're about to see uh, more of Trump, and there's this di- this divide that's being exposed. That's the establishment Republican side, the Mitch McConnells, the Adam Kinzingers, the Liz Cheney's of the Republican Party versus the Donald Trump MAGA movement. And where's the party going to go for here, from here? What's going to happen in these midterms in 2022 as it appears Trump is going to come out and really try to help those who are anti-establishment. And this is I think this is all good stuff. We'll get into that after the break. But a timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. You're listening here to America's Realities Are, the Todd Huff Show. Good to have you back. By the way, I didn't say off the top, email your thoughts, opinions, feedback, questions, analysis, even adoration and praise will be accepted. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. That is the official email, and we welcome you to communicate um, that way as you see appropriate and fit. And also, by the way, I want to mention this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Ward's Apparel. Ward's Apparel in Mooresville. I'm friends with the owner, John, and his father and mother started the company back in 1972, March, actually. So this is going to be coming up on the, what is that? Gee, was almost close to 50, close to 50 years, 49 years here next month. And you can buy good quality clothing, work clothing, casual, play at an affordable price. And I'll say this as well. I know that John takes really special pride in making sure that they get those hard to find sizes. So if you're a a size that's, you know, maybe it's not a, a common off the shelf size, John and his team, um, they do a very good job at keeping those hard to find sizes and some of the things that maybe aren't as as easy to find just in general wards apparel in mooresville you can check them out online as well wards-apparel.com that's wards w-a-r-d-s dash apparel.com so talked before the break about this um well again this this battle that's that's raging i guess between the Republican, the establishment wing of the Republican Party and and the Trump wing of the Republican Party. I referenced a poll, I think, last week. I don't have that in front of me. I want to say that 59% of Republicans um, say that they want to have President Trump involved in leading the Republican Party. 
Think about that. 59% of the Republican Party uh, wants Trump to be involved in, in, in leading the Republican Party. And so there's this, this battle between the establishment wing of the Republican Party and the Trump wing of the Republican Party. Meanwhile, we have goofballs out there like this Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland – the story will load. Here we go. Former, he was an impeachment manager. Headline: The Postmillennial.com. Former impeachment manager won't stop until he he can find a way to bar Trump from political life. Subheading here: Representative Jamie Raskin, a Maryland Democrat, the head of the Trump impeachment team, said live on a on TV on Wednesday. That's last week. That there is another way that they can bar. Trump from running in the future. So this is their this is their objective. And let me add this. I think that there's plenty in the establishment wing in the Republican Party that would be all too happy to have President Trump be barred or banned from political life as well. At one point when Trump was leaving the White House, he said, hey, uh, well, reports were, he's looking into the possibility of starting a third a third party. And there was a huge amount of interest in that. In fact, I think I think polling among Americans said that they were more likely to consider a third party at this particular point in time than maybe it was any time in a long time. It might have even been in modern, you know, in, in modern times, the most likely folks were uh, to to consider to consider that. <laughs> As I see that, Oz. So, um, so the. <laughs> They they really they this so Raskin and the Democrats they did their dog and pony show for a second time, saying that Trump incited a riot and started an insurrection, which is totally ridiculous. It is is absolutely insane and ridiculous um, to to allege these things. The mind will justify what the heart desires. They want Trump out of there forever. They want Trump um, to be destroyed and to never have a political life again. They want to ruin whatever is going to be his legacy. And by the way, I think folks are realizing really quickly that we have to have a president. You see, this is something I was kind of wowed about during the the campaign. Folks, a lot of folks that voted for Biden had no idea. They didn't care what Biden stood for. They didn't care what Biden was going to do. They didn't even know anything about this guy. They knew that he was Obama's right-hand man back in, what, two, from 2009 to 2017, and that's it. That's all that they knew. They knew that he f- almost got into a fight with the guy named Corn Pop. They knew that he liked it when kids would rub his leg hair in the pool <laughs> in Delaware back in 19-whatever-it-was, 1856 or wherever, however old, old Biden is, but this is— the reality is sinking in for folks. In fact, it wasn't long, a week or two after he, he was elected, there was actually a hashtag. Um, I forget the hashtag exactly, but it was basically people regretting their vote for Joe Biden. People already regretting their vote for Joe Biden. And so the you know the, these presidencies, they may seem to exist in a vacuum during the time of the administration, but something, if you vote one out and a new administration comes in, that administration is going to have its its problems 
as well. And and so folks are dealing kind of with this two-pronged situation. One is people are thinking, what the world have we gotten ourselves into? And we've got a press secretary that circles back on everything. we got a president who, honestly, more people are probably focused and interested in what Trump is going to say at his CPAC speech this weekend than what anything Biden's going to do. Now, the only reason I might care more about what Biden's going to do is because he's got the power right now. But as far as paying attention to the content and listening to what someone has to say and looking at the future, I mean, clearly, it's not even close. No one cares. We listen to Biden out of obligation, right? We listen to Biden and think we have to listen to this guy. He's the president, right? We don't listen because there's anything, I don't know, um, there's nothing motivate, uh, motivating. There's nothing optimistic. In fact, now suddenly he and his team realize that COVID's here. Suddenly there's nothing. He, he was going to – he blamed Trump for every COVID death that ever was. Now he's in office and he's telling us there's nothing he can do, nothing he can do. In fact, Fauci's out there. Fauci said something about Christmas. Christmas. 14 days to flatten the curve becomes two years. That was a headline in – one of these publications, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. So anyway, so we got a, a lot of things kind of going on here. You've got a president that people are waking up to. In fact, I saw Glenn, Bla- uh, Glenn Beck and The Blaze report that Biden's favorability amongst how he's handling COVID has dropped five percentage points in the first 30 days in office. It's as though people realize, oh man, it's more than just the president. Someone, it's not... We don't have COVID just because a president, you know, doesn't do what liberals think he should do. When he does what liberals think he should do, we still have the same problem. We still have the same problem. People are going to wake up, and that number is going to continue to decrease because, I mean, there's nothing. There's limited thing that that things that people can do in power to stop this. And by the way, the ones that could have done something, like Governor Cuomo, he's starting to be held potentially, who knows, accountable. For what he and his administration did, especially uh, in the cover-up portion of this absolute tragedy and travesty that happened with the way that they handled elderly and nursing home deaths in this uh, in the pandemic. So we've got that going on. We've got Democrats trying to keep Trump from ever being president again, barring him from running again. Some Republicans, I think, would clap along with that, like Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, on down the list. Um, and then you've got the, the, the battle within the Republican Party. Who's going to be leading this party moving forward? And I think when the dust settles and folks look around, they think, we don't want Mitch McConnell running the, or leading the party. We don't want uh, – I mean, who, who else? Who else is there? I think there's going to be a gradual <laughs> reawakening here that – what President Trump was trying to do, in spite of, I know some folks don't like the tactics and the tweets and all that, but in spite of that, some folks are going to begin, more folks, I think, are going to begin to realize that maybe this um, this sort of approach, this sort of attack on government, the, the, the swamp itself, needs to be reinstituted amongst the conservative Republican base. Timeout is in order, though. Quick timeout. Come back and uh, continue our discussion. Be back here in just a minute.
Should probably do this more often. Comment on YouTube here. Nice show, Todd. Always on top of things, looking great. I mean, I can't argue with any of that. <laughs> Thank you for the comments, and it is a uh, pleasure, pleasure to do this and to be here. So, um, talking here about this, I guess this divide, this battle for the Republican Party, right? So we've got Democrats. I mean, there's this is being <laughs> fought on a lot of fronts. You've got Democrats who tried to get rid of Trump via impeachment. Well, he was already out of office. I don't know if they didn't realize that or not, but he was already out of office. So they impeached a guy that wasn't even in office any longer, trying to remove a guy from office that didn't even hold office. This is how the radical left thinks. This is what passes as thinking, I should say, for the radical left. It's all about emotion and feeling. But anyway, so he, uh, Trump's not in office. They impeach him. Uh, they take it to the Senate. They get 50, what is it, 50, 57? Was it 57, 56, 57 votes? Six or seven Republicans voted with the radical left to um, basically punish Trump forever and not let him be in politics again. That didn't work. So now they're out there. This Representative Raskin is out there trying to um, invoke the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I referenced this a little bit last segment. He was talking, I think, on a podcast maybe on ABC News. He says that uh, Donald Trump is right in, you know, the bullseye middle of that group. That group being the, uh, in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the insurrection or rebellion group, if they, quote, gave aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Now, the 14th Amendment was written uh, and, and, and ratified after the Civil War. 1868, I believe, is when it was actually ratified. You just don't, these things take time. So the war, 1861 to 1865, you had President Lincoln, you had the assassination of President Lincoln, you had all the the changes that that happened from you know the Civil War, Reconstruction, time to rebuild this this nation again and get it back unified. Um, Section three of the Fourteenth Amendment, well, the whole Fourteenth Amendment was was ratified then, but Section three specifies uh, those public officials. It basically bans or bars any public official from holding public office if it can be found that they committed insurrection or rebellion or if they gave aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So they're quite literally using the 14th Amendment, which is a civil war, civil war amendment. So they are, in essence here, equating President Trump with General Robert E. Lee or with Jefferson Davis or... Uh, Stonewall Jackson, or take your pick. They are they are literally equating President Trump and the insurrection. And we've talked about what happened on the Capitol on January 6th. Reprehensible. Folks need to be held accountable. Inexcusable. They need to be charged to the extent of the law and prosecuted that way. But to, to say this was an insurrection... To say to claim that this was some attempt to truly overthrow the government is ludicrous. I mean, what what did they really think was going to happen? They're going to take control of the Capitol, seize the Capitol, and then what? 
suddenly they would be able to write laws? What in the world are we talking about here? That's not what this was. This was a group of people that acted on their own accord, planned and plotted with one another using social media. By the way, if allegations are right, more of them used Facebook than any other platform. In fact, in fact, Parler, who's apparently back on the scene, although I can't seem to get it to work on my on my phone, Parler was blamed for this. I think there were a total of eight people that used Parler. Something like I don't remember the, the Facebook numbers, but dramatically more used Facebook to coordinate and collude with one another to do the uh, the law breaking and the rioting and so forth that took place on the Capitol on January 6th. Anyway, anyway, so you got all these things taking place. You've got the 14th Amendment again. you got the conflict between Mitch McConnell, establishment Republicans. Trump says, I'm going to begin the process of, of helping some anti-establishment drain the swamp kind of Republicans to run and to hopefully primary some of these jokers in 2022. By the way, I should point out that we've got a senator here that I would love to see Trump help out with. Senator Todd Young, Republican from the state of Indiana. Um, I'd love to see a conservative opponent in the primary for, for Todd Young, against Todd Young. In my estimation, he is part of the problem that we face in Washington, D.C. And I know for the Republicans out there listening to my voice, you might not like to hear that. But I think if you look at uh, his voting record and his leadership style, which candidly is is completely absent, I've never seen people run from being able to share. They, they, they wouldn't even – they told me they wouldn't come on this program because – well, not during the impe- the first impeachment – Hearing, they wanted to wait and see. He'd love to talk with it afterwards. You know, once they decided which which side of the issue uh, was the right one to be on, then they would come on and do all the political nonsense. I don't have any time for that. No interest in that. Leaders lead, politicians play games, and that's what we've got in my estimation with Senator Todd. Or yeah, Senator Todd Young, and we need to find a replacement, God willing, and hopefully we can do that to find someone that can win in a primary against Todd Young, and that's in 2022. But there's lots of seats, other House seats in this state, other House seats around the country, and a lot of Senate seats. But anyway, long in this, can, can Trump get the traction? That's really what we're going to find out here over the next the next couple of years. Um, can he get the traction? Can he keep the, the, the energy? Can he keep people engaged and active as we move to the midterm? So timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I don't know if you've seen this. This, to me, this kind of this kind of summarizes where we are collectively with, I guess, politics, with this whole – the way, I guess, the government looks at its citizens. I had a friend last night text me. I had not seen this. I think it was yesterday. It may have been – I don't know. It was over the weekend. How about that? He texted me and he said, hey, have you seen this thing uh, with the school board? And I said, no. He's like, it's disgusting. You better check it out. Well, school board in, in California, if you haven't seen this, and maybe 
Maybe we can have Puddles post this later today. Um, but a school board in it's in California, Oakley Union Elementary School Board. Um, they were having a meeting on. I think it was on. It wasn't Zoom. It was something like Zoom. Um, I can't think of the name of it at the moment. But nonetheless, they were having a meeting. Which, by the way, I don't know if it was if it wasn't a, a slated executive session. Um, it might have been a meeting that wasn't even legal. I don't know that. I just it's just a, a side note. You just can't have meetings and make decisions without uh, in, in a public position like that without people knowing about it so maybe they were following the rules i don't know i'm just pointing that out anyway on a they were broadcasting this thing publicly they didn't know it started bad mouthing the parents one of the guys on the school board said um, that he has a brother who runs a marijuana company or some such thing and he says that his clientele wants people back in school kids back in school so they can i guess get their pot i guess anyway one lady dropped the f-bomb um and they're all basically saying that that parents want the schools back so they can have their babysitting service back they find out it's live (laughs) they freak out and i think they've all resigned since then so but this is how government talks behind closed doors about about us do not doubt me on that time out is in order got to wrap up sit tight back here in just a minute I'd wish I'd given myself more time to play a bit of that audio from that uh, leaked school board. Well, not leaked. They accidentally aired it. They accidentally, the school board in, in, in California, accidentally aired, uh, broadcast their meeting, which again, maybe they should have anyway in accordance with uh, quorum requirements and, and, and public meetings and so forth. I don't know um, if, if it was an executive session or what the deal was, but anyway... This is what government thinks of you. They're on the the call. The one lady calls a lady a, the B word, and says, "B, you come after me, I'm gonna f word you up." Isn't that pleasant? These are their constituents. It's how they talk. This is how government operates. I'm telling you, it's the problem of the swamp. It's the problem at all levels of government across this country. And I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.